we knew the Lord's call was growing louder and louder by the minute. My great-grandfather sat up in his wheelchair. Ever since his 20s, he had seen nothing but darkness. Macular degeneration had snatched away the once vibrant colors of God's creation from his vision. But I still remember great-grandpa Waldman on our, the last time we got to celebrate his birthday with him. I remember standing there and listening to him talk with one of my relatives, and that relative said to him, now, wouldn't it be great when you get to see in heaven again someday? And great-grandpa nodded his head. He agreed, but he went on to say something that's always been in my memory, probably always will be. He said, you know, being blind isn't half bad. It takes away all the distractions from what really matters, what Jesus has to tell me. Now, I know not all of us here have experienced vision problems or blindness. But when it comes to our spiritual vision, I think we can relate to that. You know, there's that blindness of distraction in life. Moments when we turn to anything and everything to try to take our mind off of the struggle, but come up even darker than before. There are moments when we look for guidance and direction, but can't seem to move forward. Moments when we can't see Jesus. And it's in moments like those our faith-filled hearts cry out, Father, I want to see. Bartimaeus, he knew this struggle. He could relate to us better than most. So just to set the scene here, so over these last few months in Mark, we've seen Jesus going all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem for that incredible holy Week. And throughout this journey, we've seen that cross getting clearer and clearer. And now, Jesus is just 17 miles away. The next chapter in Mark is Holy Week, starts that incredible journey to the cross. And throughout this whole trek, Jesus has been fleshing out for you and me the kind of Messiah he is. He was never meant to be that warrior king who would come in and break the Romans' hold on Israel. No. Like we heard last week, he's the suffering servant who would take on all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our anxiety and stress. He put it all on his back so he could defeat our three greatest enemies, Satan, sin, and death. But as you know, the disciples, they never liked hearing that much. <laughs> they tried to either you know, dissuade him from doing it, telling him that's not the right way to go, Jesus, or trying to distract themselves or trying to focus more on how Jesus should be this physical king who brings physical prosperity and security so they can sit on those physical golden thrones next to him. But that's never who Jesus intended to be. That's never the Messiah he would be. And from somebody you would least expect, there's a person who does see Jesus for who he truly is. So Jesus and his disciples, this whole crowd of followers and Passover pilgrims are all walking through Jericho when all of a sudden they hear this cry from a blind beggar that rises above all the noise and commotion of the crowd. See, Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was in this crowd and he had, he just had to talk with him. He couldn't let him just pass by. He needed to see Jesus. And so he starts shouting Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Now, probably for years, Bartimaeus has been sitting at this gate, wondering what life has in store for him. Hopelessness, loneliness, feelings of helplessness, that's all he knew. They all took their turns attacking him. Look at this beautiful confession of faith. He calls Jesus, well, he calls him by name, Jesus. His name means the Lord saves. He calls him the son of David, which shows that Bartimaeus knew his Old Testament. He knew that such a title belonged to the Messiah. He knew who Jesus was. And you'd expect, at least I would, you know, if I was a disciple or in that crowd, I'd be so excited to hear Bartimaeus say this. You know, maybe I, you know, pick him up. Take him to Jesus. Maybe start this Jesus chant with excitement as you get to bring him to his Lord. But that's not what happens. No, their eyes lock on this blind man. And look what they do next. They rebuked him and told him to be quiet. In other words, they look at Bartimaeus' face. They say, shut your mouth, blind man. Be quiet. Has your heart of faith ever been told to be quiet too? When day in and day out, Satan lures you with that one temptation that no matter how many years you fought against it, it still fights you, beats you. You know, we have devices in our pockets and our hands that we use to distract ourselves all the time. Your Google News feed that's built so you keep on clicking and strolling, but eventually all that scrolling comes to an end. We have YouTube playlists so we can click and we can watch all those videos, but no matter how long it lasts, we still have to face that challenge and that darkness that we know is right down the corner. We try to distract ourselves with the distraction of the blindness of this world, but it only ends up making us feel more lost than ever before. You know, that new person within you and me is crying out, I want to see but often that voice gets drowned out by the devil, by the sinful nature that we struggle with that makes us focus on all the darkness, the pain that we've endured, the tragedy that we see coming our way. We see the struggle clearly, but we don't see any light in that struggle. We know what Bartimaeus feels like and what he felt like sitting at that gate every single day, watching as people in life just kept on passing him by and there was nothing he could do to change that. He was at the lowest of the low in society, and no one seemed to care or understand or even listen to what he had to say. It's in moments, if you feel that way, it's in moments like that, that we cannot allow the voices of Satan and the voices of our sinful nature and the voices of all the influences around us silence us. Bartimaeus, after being told again and again, Jesus doesn't have time for you. Stop yelling. Stop this annoyance. Look at how he responds. He shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't get intimidated. He doesn't go silent. In fact, all their rejection does for him is cause him to yell even louder. He needed to see Jesus, and it could not Wait, no matter who stood in his way. When you and I can't see Jesus, the absolute worst step we can take is to put our heads down in despair. The absolute worst portrait we can look at is the portrait of loneliness. The portrait of self-sufficiency, thinking, if we can't do this, 
Nobody can. It's that thought, maybe it's crossed your mind before, that maybe Jesus doesn't have time for me. Maybe I am just an annoyance to him with all my life problems. After all, he's the God of the universe. He's clearly busy with so many other things than just little old me. When you hear or think of those thoughts, remember the one who broke the darkness, the one whose light the darkness can never overcome. Run to him, seek him. Why? Because he will listen. So after Bartimaeus continues this cry over and over again, Jesus does something radical. He stops, like it says there. And he looks at his crowd of disciples and followers, and he says something so countercultural that it probably made them just so, so confused. He says, call him. Jesus tells the very people who wanted nothing to do with Bartimaeus, this man who is at the lowest of the low in society, he tells them to be the ones to call him to approach Jesus. I think there's a beautiful lesson in that for you and me. People who have been called out of darkness, there are times we might not feel like going back and seeing somebody who's struggling to bring them into the light that we know and we cherish so much, the light of God's grace. But Jesus calls us to do that anyway. I can just imagine the look on the disciples' faces. They might have been a little bit annoyed, a little bit begrudgingly. They go up to Bartimaeus and they say, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. And then you have Bartimaeus' response, which, have you ever seen somebody more joyful? He jumps up, he throws off his cloak, he doesn't take somebody's hand to guide him or slowly crawl over to Jesus. He runs and he could care less if he stumbles a thousand times, if it gets him to Jesus, that's all that matters. He's been waiting for this day his whole life. He jumps up and he runs to the son of David and Jesus has compassion on him and he listens. Look at this. Jesus answers Bartimaeus' many cries for mercy with a tone of voice that can only come from the son of man who came to serve and not be served. He says, what can I do for you? He doesn't say, okay, yeller, what do you want? I'm sick of you yelling at me. What is this all about? He doesn't say that. No. In humility, he puts himself in the service of somebody who most people wouldn't even give a passing glance to. My dear family, that's exactly what he does for you too. You know, we say in church every Sunday, we already sang it, we're going to say it again in the prayer of the church, Lord have mercy, right? Sometimes I load up that prayer of the church, so we're saying it a lot. But never think we're just saying words to say words. There is a power to those three words. It's Bartimaeus' prayer. In those words, we're calling God to have mercy on us. Some incredible things are happening. When we say those words, we know he's going to hear us. And not only that, he's going to listen to those prayers. And even though, just like Jesus knew with Bartimaeus, he knew the prayer that Bartimaeus was going to pray. He knows all of our prayers before we say them. That doesn't stop the miracle that prayer is. Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus took your prayers into consideration when he created this universe? That when he was orchestrating his plan of salvation, he was thinking about your prayers, your struggles, your conversations with him, he 
he was putting that all together and he was thinking about you and how he wanted to save you more than anything else. See, Jesus wants us to approach him with our disabilities and our challenges and our struggles. He has nothing that he would rather do than to sit down with you each and every day and speak to you a gospel that's just for you and to listen to all the personal struggles you have and to give you the answers and the sight that you need through all the darkness that we often find ourselves surrounded by. See, for Bartimaeus, he had one request. He looks at his Savior, he looks at his teacher, and he says, Rabbi, my teacher, I want to see. See, Jesus was first and foremost his teacher. And even more so, he was his Savior. He was the God that taught the only way to heaven. And Bartimaeus, he loved him for it. I mean, look, first of all, look at just the simple request that Bartimaeus has. I think there's a lot we can take for our own prayer lives. He didn't need this beautiful, ornate, you know, fancy-schmancy, poetic, metrical hymn of a prayer. No, he speaks to the point, straight from the heart, clearly and articulately. You and I don't have to feel like we have to put this whole prayer together. We can just talk to God heart to heart. Now, if you don't mind, I'm just going to put my Greek nerd hat on for just a couple times this morning. So when Bartimaeus asks to see again, he's not just asking to see for the first time. He's asking to see again, which tells us something. Just like with my great-grandfather, he knew what it was like to see at one point in his life. And I can only imagine him sitting at that gate every day, going back through all those images of smiles, people he knew over and over again. But as time went on, of course, those images dim and fade, right? So I think you and I can relate to Bartimaeus on that level, spiritually at the very least. I think every one of us here this morning could say that we can see things in our lives that we understand how God was working. We can see clearly how this step led to this thing and this person led me to this. But we also can admit there are times we do not see why God is putting us through what he's putting us through. We can't see the purpose behind our experience. It's moments like that where our spiritual vision begins to dim and fade. We keep looking back at what once was because we can't seem to process what is to come. It's moments where we have so much shame and guilt of all the struggles we've had that at times can lead us to almost falling prostrate on the ground thinking, how can I make it through? But it's in those moments that your faith-filled heart wants nothing more than to cry out, Jesus, I want to see. Jesus will open your eyes. So Bartimaeus makes his request and Jesus smiles at him And he responds with the most life-changing pronouncement that Bartimaeus could have ever imagined. He says, go, your faith has healed you. He restores his physical sight, but there's much more here that first meets the eye. No pun intended on that one. So putting the Greek nerd hat back on, this word here for healed is the same word used throughout Scripture for saved. Which literally means, Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. It wasn't because Bartimaeus created this faith in and of himself. No, it's because Bartimaeus put his faith in the Lamb of God. 
who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away all the effects of sin, that includes blindness and disability too, who restores all things, he saw Jesus for who he truly is. And so it is with you and me. In our lives, we find ourselves wandering in spiritual darkness. Our Savior calls us just like he called Bartimaeus. And he calls us not to look within to try to find answers. No, he calls us to focus our eyes only on him. And the credit for that, as you know, it doesn't ever come from us. The credit for our faith-centered vision, our Christ-centered vision, it's all the Spirit who through baptism, through hearing the word, he brought us into an audience with God. He could see us for who we are and tell us the grace that he has in store for us. As we follow the God-man who took all of our burdens onto himself, who walked into the home of darkness, who broke that home to the ground and rebuilt the home of righteousness for you and for me. He gives you a sight line on him that changes everything you do. So for Bartimaeus, how did that change his life? How did not only his physical sight, but his spiritual sight on Jesus change everything? Well, look what it says here. He followed Jesus on the road. He doesn't go back to pack up his things. He doesn't go on his phone and go on Expedia to figure out his whole worldwide travel plan. No, he has only one thing, one person that he wants to see. And that's Jesus. And I think it's really cool that Mark in his gospel actually writes Bartimaeus' name in here. That tells us something. That tells us the first people, the first Christians who read, who heard this gospel, they probably knew, maybe even personally, who Bartimaeus was. It's not a stretch to think. He kept on following his teacher who, who taught him the greatest lesson of self-sacrifice and grace ever. He kept on following him to the cross. And maybe Bartimaeus was even one of those hundreds of witnesses who saw Jesus when he rose after he had risen from the dead. Bartimaeus had only one thing he needed to see. One thing that took away all the blindness of distraction. The only light that we can ever experience and see in this world. So what about you and me? With our renewed spiritual sight, what will our eyes look to? Well, they won't just look to, but they'll seek Jesus. All we want to see is Jesus. We want to see him. When we don't know what college to go to or how to make friends or what career choice to make, we want to see Jesus in all that. When we have family relationships that are breaking down and people that we are close to seemingly drifting as time goes on, we want to see Jesus. When we as parents don't know how to keep our children close to Jesus, we want to see him. When we walk into other people's darkness and take on their pain with them, we want to see Jesus. We want to see him. We want to remove any distraction from that. Because we know that when that light shines on us, everything comes into perspective. So this week, when you face those voices of distraction, the sinful nature within that are screaming at you to stay away from Jesus, that he doesn't have time for you, be like Bartimaeus. Don't stop shouting out in prayer. 
Don't keep running, and even if it means stumbling, do not stop approaching your Savior. Because all he wants to see is you with him now and for eternity. All we want to see is Jesus. And so keep on following him blindly. Keep looking forward to when you'll see his face. Because you know when you do, you know that life will never be the same. And you'll be home in a place where darkness will never intrude on your life ever again. Amen. And to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be all glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.